You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Handmade CEO. Today's guest is the lovely Cornelia from Boho Living. In this episode, she shares with us her passion for macrame and more importantly, her ability to pivot her business from selling at markets to selling online products to selling digital courses. She has several income streams that have helped to make her journey through this difficult time less chaotic. I have to apologize for not being able to retrieve the first five minutes of this interview. I must have sneezed and the Wi-Fi went out. The interview starts after I welcomed Cornelia to the show and asked her to tell us where her passion for macrame came from. So let's pick it up from there. I did this macrame class in the city and it was this missing piece because I had loved doing, I loved being creative and I loved doing these artisan markets. And when I say doing the artisan markets, there's these big like the renegade in Chicago or there's it's just a room full of different artists selling their wares and selling things that they make. But jewelry was something that there was always too many jewelers or when you would apply, we have too many jewelry people. So it kind of just spoke to me. I was like, oh, this could be something. And I wanted to expand. I kind of wanted to pivot away from just making um, jewelry pieces, partially because I had so much myself that I just wanted to continue or create a, something different. So it just made perfect sense and was instantly inspired. Uh, we quickly did sign up for another class. Since then, it's like, she. I tell her she created a macro monster. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Yeah, I just yeah. love it. And when did you know you wanted to take this into a business? I would say that I always wanted to be my own entrepreneur. Even like, when I talk about these like things, when I was a child, it's just kind of like, oh, that makes sense. So you know, fifth grade craft fair, like I needed to have a table and sell all the things, you know, I needed to make stuff, I needed to be creative. Um, home ec class, the time it took everyone to make a sweatshirt, I made like 10 sweatshirts and sewed like 10 stuffed animals. <laughs> uh, shop class, you know, eighth grade shop class, we would make shelves or a clock and, and the time it took everyone to make the clock, I kept using scrap wood to the to the point the teacher was like, you're not allowed to use any more of my scrap wood. Like it's almost <laughs> gone. <laughs> so I think like it makes sense now that I just love to create. I love to work with my hands. I love to make things. Um, I always kind of dabbled in different like MLM type of companies because I liked the idea of working for myself. Um, mm -hmm. But I think for me, even though like the products, I would love the products that I would use. I had a hard time selling them. Like selling always seems like smarmy and weird sometimes, right? Right. Yeah. But I think when it's my own, like when I'm putting my heart into it, I don't, mm -hmm. it's not selling anymore. It's just, it's just more like this is, this is an extension of me. And I get just so humbled when people actually buy things that I make and hang it in their home. It's like, right. very, it's a very humbling process. So um, it's not selling anymore. It's just kind of like, this is me. And like, talking about being being myself. So they're buying a part of myself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started to transition into the macrame, did you naturally just start making jewelry since that was part of what you were doing before? I Well, I started with making jewelry originally, and then I transitioned into macrame. And so that was a little bit more like this home decor aspect and adding to mm -hmm. it. But then I, it kind of naturally found its way um, 
to also making macrame jewelry, mostly earrings, which it's like, I can't make them fast enough (laughs) because they're fun and they're light. And it's one of those things that when you wear them, they're so fun. But when you wear them, you almost feel like, oh my gosh, I have these like big fun earrings on. And you sort of have this like pep in your step a little bit. Yeah. And a girl, um, she said that she goes, yeah, I was wearing them. And I went to the grocery store and this, this was before all the coronavirus and COVID, but she's mm-hmm. like, I went to the grocery store and I saw a girl who had the same earrings on and we just looked at each other and had this sort of like, yeah, I know who you got them from. <laughs> and it, I laughed so hard, but I was like, oh my God, it's like fight club. Like you can't talk about fight club. Like the earrings are, they're like fight club. And they've, they've almost created their own community. Cause anytime I make a new style or a new, color, there's definitely a group of people that they want them all. (laughs) You know what I mean? And every time, and I see them as I go through like stories on Instagram, I'll see somebody wearing them. And then I'm thinking like, I, I don't know, like I I know who that is because I follow them, but like, wait, they never bought a pair for me. But then I'll realize like, oh, they must've bought them from this wholesaler that bought them for me. And yeah, it's just fun. It's fun to go through stories. It's fun to see them on. Granted, they're not my earrings. Like Meghan Markle is on a magazine. A friend was like, she's wearing like macrame earrings. I think you should use that. <laughs> like, I think maybe you should put that in your blog or something like that. Like they're, you know, yeah. they're good for a former duchess. <laughs> oh, that's so. so neat. Yeah, they have um, really gained popularity. And I think it has that nostalgic feel. So I feel like it reminds people of something that they're comfortable with. And plus they're really cute. I love the leaf ones. I think those are really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, yeah, they're fun. And what the best part is like they're light. So they're not pulling on your earrings. So you can have this, so you can even forget about them. If you're getting a little like self-conscious about it, you forget about them. But anytime I wear them, I get so many compliments. I love that you have several income streams. You mentioned that you sell at markets on your own site and that you also sell wholesale. Is that right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll sell wholesale. I sell, I'm in about 20 different shops, um, around this area out in California, uh, yoga studio, New York city. I'm also on a wholesale marketplace site that features other artisans. I don't know if you're familiar with fair. It's it's great. Yeah. It's a great place for, um, artisans to reach a bigger audience. And it's also a place where, small like brick and mortar type shops can find artisans from all over the United States to sell to to have in their shop. So it's, it's a cool place. Uh, But most of the orders I think I get for wholesale are local. Like it's a market and it's somebody shopping, you know, at a market looking for people to have in their brick and mortar. So most of your wholesale, is that something that they reached out to you or did you reach out to them? I'd say 99% are folks that reached out to me. I started making a list of places I wanted to reach out to before this season that we're in of places Mm -hmm. I wanted to reach out to myself and ask if they were interested in carrying them just to, to grow that side. And it's mostly I wholesale just the earrings and a couple other small things. It's what that makes the most sense. And can you tell me a little bit about your workshop? I noticed that you had a workshop listed on your site. I would do a lot of in-person workshops and recently been working on pivoting that to having an online kind of course and online workshops available. So I just had this two week window of selling called the macrame method, which is sort of this idea of macrame creating, it's like a mindfulness behind it because it is very relaxing and it's kind of helps relieve stress. So that's what I had originally named it. And I had a membership that began at the beginning of the year where each month you get a new project. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the option to buy the materials from me, or I give you a list with the links and you can get them from where I get them from. But if you want it, like I'll put together for you, because sometimes buying a whole spool of rope doesn't make sense if we're just using it for this one project. Yeah, that's true. So whatever they decide. And then I took uh, the first few projects and created this bundle that we sold. It's been really fun. I'm getting a lot of messages from folks who got their kits and started and they're sending me pictures and, oh, you know, I got blisters already. And (laughs) it's really cute. Like, so they're all very, you know, they're very into it and excited. And that makes me excited. So yeah, I have, I offer a planter workshop, a macrame wall hanging, uh, coasters and trivets, or you can get it as a bundle. Okay. And so you were saying you supply the materials needed for each. Is that something that you mail out then like a month in advance? Like in other words, is everybody doing the same project? You know, if I start in January, is my project going to be different than somebody who starts in July? So with the membership, it's a new project each month. So everybody's working on the same project each month. So whenever you come into the membership, um, you know, you can come in for a few months and then decide to cancel, or you can buy in for the year. We're working on the same project together for that. So at the beginning of the month, I will send out a material list of the materials that you need and the option to buy a, the kit from me. And on the 15th of the month or around there, because life happens sometimes, mm-hmm. I upload all the, you know, the step-by-step instructions, the video and a pattern to follow. So they'll have like three sort of different ways. And then we have a Facebook group that we, they can answer questions and we go live on there periodically, but they're in there posting questions if they have questions or just posting what they've made. I feel like people catch on really quick. So I got a lot of naturals in my group. So the bundle is they get all the materials and all the videos and they just work on it on their own. So they can do it, whichever project they want to do first. And that's actually a separate Facebook group. So people are working on maybe different things in there, but it's of the four different projects. Wow, that's pretty awesome. I didn't realize you had um, so many options. Is that run through your website or what program runs the membership site? So you can get to it from my website. It's through a, a company called Kajabi. There's different platforms out there that you can use to host uh, courses. Okay. So you host through Kajabi is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I host it through Kajabi, but you can get to, you can get to it from my website. So it's just redirects you to there. Great. That's awesome. So who would you say has influenced you most on this journey? I've been so fortunate that I think throughout my entire career, whether it was like my entrepreneurial career or before that, have always had really great um, mentors and female mentors. I think some of them have been before this started, just women who were just like strong women in the, I worked in like TV film production industry. So just really strong personalities and like strong women that I just really admired. I just knew that that wasn't my future. I sort of had this desire. I wanted to create my business online. I wanted to have a bigger online presence, whether it was selling products online I really liked teaching. I think that's where like the yoga came in. I liked teaching. I liked helping people Mm -hmm. um, and I liked teaching. So with yoga, I wanted to create the same with yoga and creating an online sort of course in workshop, which is now I'm sort of pivoting back and sort of adding that in and working on that. I found this woman named Melissa Griffin online. So she had this podcast, a new podcast now and binge listened to her. Through her, I found another sort of online um, female entrepreneur, uh, Jenna Kutcher, and recently was in Jenna's 
group and within her group became one of the leaders in her group. So I was in this top 10 sort of getting personal coaching call with her, with our other 10 girls. And wow. she actually, she actually got a macrame kit. Ah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I love so that. I'm, yeah. So she's like, she's become very much a mentor. Melissa has this mastermind that I applied for and now it's come full circle. So I'm in a mastermind of hers and I'm also in a second mastermind. I'm kind of double dipping, but they serve <laughs> different purposes for sure. Um, with yeah. another woman, her name's um, Allison and she's out on the East coast and she's really helped me with providing like specific tools. So like with the three together, there's two ways to look at it. Sometimes it's better just to have one person and do what they say and <laughs> let them teach you. But I feel like I'm so different. I have so many different sides of me that the, th like having three different sort of mentors really works well for me because they kind of help with different aspects of myself. So it's really like been helping me along and pushing me along. Um, a lot. So those would be my three main mentors. And then a lot of girls that I've networked with and have gotten to know along the way have also been, they're very much mentors too, because they're, they're just like killing it. Like not necessarily in the handmade artisan sort of, they're not in maybe that part of the world, but they're creating online courses for marketing and for Instagram and for all these different things that are all part of what we need as a business, like learning, learning all the tools. So, right. There's several people that I follow too. I can't pick just one. I think they all seem to have their own strength and I love Jenna and Amy Porterfield. So I'm with you when it comes to having several mentors. Well, and I think that proves the fact that even though it's very easy to compare, um, I definitely have macrame mentors too. There's my, my mentor who I learned from Kenyatta in Chicago. There's other mentors that I've found because they've created this business and they've made a very successful business in macrame. Um, there's another girl who's also in one of Melissa's masterminds who has a business that started from watercolor. She's amazing. So I love, like, I love seeing it because it helps keep me because it's not easy. Being an entrepreneur is not easy, um, especially when you sell handmade goods and now there's nowhere to sell them, but online. Right. So yeah. it, it's pivoting your business into these different aspects. So I did sell handmade stuff. Then I started in-person workshops. Um, I knew, you know, kept doing yoga on the side and knowing I wanted to create both of them online and reach sort of a bigger audience with the message that I'm spinning, I guess, for both. Oh, that's great. I was just noticing with your website that you have some amazing pictures and your branding is super consistent. Can you give us a few tips on how you created such a cohesive look and the feel on your page? I feel like that's always a, a work in progress, but th thank you because sometimes it's easy to not feel that. Oh no, it's an amazing. It's beautiful. I mean, I felt like I was looking through a vacation you know, album. It just looked amazing. Everything was very consistent. I'm pretty consistent with most of the pictures. I have uh, one or two like photographers that I'll use to do product shots and whatnot. And then I think just with what I'm interested in. So some of it is a little bit of stock photography and it's finding something that matches the brand, like having a brand, having the story, having the colors, knowing what that is. I think I'm just naturally drawn to that too. But I think a big part of it is having a consistent photographer using consistent settings with your photography, trying to you know stick with it. <laughs> but having, having professional photos really makes a difference. 
I would like to invite you to join me and the millions of people already learning a new skill on Skillshare. If you want to learn more about SEO for your small business or maybe take a class on iPhone photography, Skillshare has a class for you. With thousands of classes ranging from art to business, I'm certain you'll find something that will take your skill set to a whole new level. Get two months of premium free when you try it out with the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. I've noticed a lot of times that people don't invest in having even like a nice headshot or a nice picture of them. And it really does present your brand in a different way when you can have um, a nice photograph of yourself or your pieces. I think it shows people that you're really vested in what you're doing. Yeah, I know sometimes it's because it is an investment. So sometimes the money, if the money's not there, there's so much research or there's so much out there to, to help you take your own photos, whether it's with your phone free presets, even using a preset on a phone that somebody offers. I know Jenna sometimes offers some presets for free um, Mm -hmm. because they pull out certain colors, you know, they pull out certain things. So playing around with Lightroom, looking at a tutorial on Lightroom, maybe just creating your own preset and using those. And then if you have colors, find the colors that you want. Again, if you didn't have somebody create your brand for you and create that sort of brand manual for you, find colors that you like, but find out what the hex codes are for those. And a lot of times it's just like when you're playing on a, a, a Canva or something like that, just write down what, what exactly that code is for that color and using the same one as much as yeah. you can. Or when you're, oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. Or like when you are taking pictures, so look into how you can get shots of yourself. There's, there's so many tutorials. I feel like there's a plethora of information, get the tips on how to take pictures of yourself, but where, you know, if your colors are like mine are like a pinkish in a, in a, in a sage, wear pink, you know, <laughs> like right, wear, wear right. green and, and use those colors throughout. So it helps sort of bring it together. Yeah. Well, on the topic of courses and classes, which ones or what would you suggest for people that are looking to just get started so that they don't invest too much time in the wrong area? Or maybe they could use a couple of tips to try and narrow down what classes would be most beneficial. I would say to like pick one medium that you want to use to help promote your business. So if, if, if it's Instagram, there's some like Jenna has a great Instagram class. If you're looking to really get started, one of the girls I've met through this course, her name's Kendra. Her business is called the top nub tribe. <laughs> and he actually has a really good course on, on getting started, like starting a business from scratch. So that's a really good one to look into. I would even just say just start. So decide what maybe what you want to sell and then creating a website. There's so many great tutorials out there, but if you want to sell in person or you want to just start your business, Kendra has a great class. If you're looking to do more like an online course, Amy Porterfield has a great class called DCA Digital Course Academy. Do you feel that these courses and the education has helped you pivot your business, especially during the time like this with the coronavirus problem? It was where I wanted to pivot my business before. And then with all of this happening, it, it was, well, there's nothing else. So now you have all the time in the world to to do this. Or you, I mean, when I say you have all the time in the world, it is like everybody's time is different right now, but I don't have other means. I don't have the in-person workshops. I don't have the in-person market. So I don't have any other option, I guess I would say for my business right now. And I'm so grateful that I did a lot of the work already. I did a lot of the, you know, studying and research and, and all of that 
yeah, it was, it's been very fortunate in that regard that I've, I've have the tools now at my fingertips. So I had heard a quote a long time ago. It was, and I'm, I'm probably not going to say it correctly, but it was something along the lines of luck favors the prepared. So in other words, there's no such thing as luck. It's just that if you prepared, you know, you're going to be ready for that opportunity when it arises. So I love that you're saying that all of the courses that you took and all the preparation that you had actually led you to the point to be able to, you know, take advantage of the opportunity that now you have time to create more courses and push them out digitally. Yeah, I love that quote. There is no luck. It is it is being prepared or being um, and, and being open to it too. I think the other thing with with being lucky, it's just being open to possibility and being open to opportunity and to try it and to be okay and comfortable with, you know, you might fail. Like I've failed a million times already and you learn as you grow. And and rather than seeing it as a failure, which I don't, um, I see it as a, uh, an opportunity and it's not easy for sure. Sometimes it's not easy, but it's, it's finding a good support and knowing that those don't define me, that they're just, you know, anything. Stepping stones. Yeah. Stepping stones. Um, and they all keep leading me further down this path and I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. I change it for the world. What would you say has been your biggest struggle that you've had overcome with your business? So I'm definitely a visionary. And so I'm working to get to the point where I can have a team that helps do some of the minutia work. So I think that's my biggest struggle is like, I'm always like the dreamer and always like creating up all these ideas. So now it's like needing and asking for help. So one of the the struggles is asking for help and finding help when I need it. Mm -hmm. And I've been good at being resourceful and finding the tools and finding the answers, but sometimes it's just a little bit outside of my wheelhouse. And when I say that, I think everything's like that quote by Marie Furlio, everything's figure outable, but it's going to take me 40 hours to figure this out when it, somebody else knows it and can do it in two hours. Like that might be a little bit. So the struggle on, on doing that and then being able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the other struggle is the ups and downs. Like you don't have a regular paycheck. You're not getting paid on Friday X amount of dollars. I mean, hopefully you're a high producer at work and you're, you know, your bosses and everybody likes you, you know, you might have a day that you, you know, you're, you want to sleep under your desk, like not that you can do that, but you know, everybody has those days where they're, they're not a hundred percent in your business. That's fine. You have that flexibility. That's why I'm working on creating a scalable business that I can have those days. Like for example, over the holidays, I had pretty much a market every weekend from Labor Day through Christmas. Wow. And so, and one of them, I was coming down with something and I literally, I had to drive all the way out to Fort Wayne. So it was like five in the morning. My car's already packed because I just left the car packed from week to week. <laughs> and I got in my car. It was like the scene in Ferris Bueller's day off. I got in my car and then I went back in the house and then I got back in my car and I went back in my house, like where Cameron is like, Ferris is calling him and come on. And <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, I just can't do this. Like if I do this, I'm going to be out till Christmas probably. And so I called and I said, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, and I don't back out of markets. I think I did once before, um, last yeah. minute and you, and you lose the money, you lose your market, your booth fee, because that's part of the agreement, but right. you also lose the income you would have made that weekend. So that was, and that was probably one of, would have been one of the highest producing markets. So, um, it's, it's going into that mindset that these need to be like the extra again, not the, not the, the bread and butter. 
Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that part's hard because there's nobody else who I can send to go do it. Uh, It's either me or nobody. And if I don't do it, then you lose your income for the week. It's like your boss saying like, sorry, I'm taking the paycheck back. Like you did all the work, you did all the preparation, you did all the marketing, all of this stuff. And then it's like, sorry, (laughs) like, you know, so it's, you're pushing yourself to go. Yeah, that's disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's the nature of it because they're, they're also very rewarding too. But that's why I'm working on the online aspects. So that way I have a presence and it's kind of like massaging different aspects of it. The struggle is when you are still a solopreneur doing it all yourself, everything takes so much time. Um, yeah, exactly. And getting to the point where you can, you can ask for help, but getting to the point where you can hire help too. Cause that's the other thing is like, it's always better in my mind. It's always better to like pay somebody to do something rather than taking opportunities of people helping you. I love, it's so nice when people help you, but I also feel like to keep it on a business, more of a business professional level always. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I think you do find that family members are always willing to jump in and help. It is a lot easier to have, you know, um, someone that you hired and you know, you only need them for X amount of hours or for a certain task. mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise it does get a little bit messy with the, the helping part. And the intention is always good and it's, it's great, but it's, um, you know, you go back and this isn't hobby anymore. This is a business. So exactly. um, Yeah. And sometimes people want to help and you, you let them because it makes them feel good. But Uh at the end of the day, it's like, you got to treat it like a business, treat it like you would treat your job times 10. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And what would you say has been the best part of running your own business? I think the flexibility has been the best part. Um, It has allowed me to be able to be there and be present with my family a little bit more. I'm not married, so it's me and my dog, but um, being able to help when my niece and nephew need something or help my sister because she does work in hospital, especially now during this season, it's allowed me to like, I work from home. My niece and nephew can stay with me during the week or or whatnot. I'm sure that's a huge help. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like sometimes it's too much flexibility. So I have to go back into that mindset. Like this is my job. Like I can't just leave, but it, but it's nice. It's nice to call the shots. Well, with that in mind, how do you um, structure your day so that you're not getting lost in social media or creating fun things that really has nothing to do with your business? So I, I treat it like nine to five. I work from nine to five. I kind of push it more like 10 to six. So in the morning I get up, I have my morning routine, unless I have a, like a morning meeting or a morning earlier call, like by 10 o'clock, it's either I'm making something because I have an order or I'm on my computer working on emails and sales funnels and, and things like that. So I'm treating it the same. I would treat a job as far as hours go. Again, I'm the visionary and, and creative. I can easily get super unorganized. Um, (laughs) and a lot of times too, that's because everything takes a lot longer than what I anticipated too. So it's, it is shutting off. So sometimes I find it's eight o'clock and I haven't stopped. So it's like, okay, shut off, go for the walk, but it's fun. Like I'm enjoying it. So that's, that part is good. And I'm constantly working on this is creating structure and creating, you know, social media, planning out the content as best as possible, you know, planning out your year, planning out what you're planning on doing this year, like the launches that you plan on doing, whether it's online or, or the markets, and it's just keeping tabs on everything, you know, Excel spreadsheets. So it's, I might be creative, and I might be 
love art and all of this stuff, but it's coming back to Word documents and Excel spreadsheets and, and having like, I have a physical calendar that I write things down on rather than in my phone because I like to see it. Not yeah, to, I need to see it too. <laughs> yeah, because for me, it's easier to see it that way than it is to like find the month and find the day. It yeah. just works better for me. So finding your own systems, I think too. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, and what would you say would be good advice for somebody that was wanting to start their own handmade business? Just to do it. Maybe do it on the side, see if you like it, but just to do it. Don't be, don't be nervous. If you're nervous, call me. <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk you, we'll talk you through it. One of my favorite things in the workshops is, is letting everyone know. Cause a lot of times people are like, Oh, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this right. I'm like, it's art. It's whatever you want it to be. And it's beautiful. And we all come up with something. We're like, we have the same pattern and I'm teaching them all how to do the same thing. And each one looks different. And I love that. So beautiful. And I tell them like, if you can tie your shoes, you can macrame. So it's knowing like everybody <laughs> believe that you're creative because everybody's creative, like in different ways, um, believe that you're creative and, and just to start, even if it's something on the side for, you know, mindfulness or to relieve stress or yeah, just, just to do it. Don't be yeah. afraid. It does seem like having a side hustle or a side business takes the stress off of getting all of your income from a regular job. So mm -hmm. maybe it, it could be a way to, you know, for people to explore things that they enjoy without having the pressure of making that one thing that they're trying out produce all their income. So it's kind of nice to ease into it that way. And then you never know, it could grow into something if you really enjoy it. Yeah. And not to think you have to make the next thing to apple pie, you know, just there's, there's a market for almost everything out there. So just, just to try it, you know, I started with friendship bracelets at a card table at a farmer's market, but yeah, just, just to try it and let it organically grow too. let it find itself a little bit, but you're only going to do it once you take the first steps. If you don't know all the business stuff behind it, like, don't worry about that. Just, just start creating, take, take a pen and a, a piece of paper and start doodling and just see what comes out. You can figure out the business stuff along the way, which right, is what I exactly. did and I'm still doing. <laughs> Yeah. And like you mentioned, there's so many resources out there. There really isn't anything that you should get stuck on because it seems that, you know, between YouTube and Skillshare and mm -hmm. all the, you know, paid courses out there, you can always find that answer somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if you're yeah, stuck, great. just just put it to the side and, and move on from there, you know. Um, right. Don't Don't let being stuck on one thing keep you from something else. Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Cornelia. That was great. Uh, where can we find you in your shop? So on Instagram, I'm uh, at Boho Living Cornelia and Facebook is the same. And my website is boholiving.store. And for the workshops, are we going to find those at the store or is there a separate site for that? So you can find those under my website. Um, just there's a tab at the top called the macrame method and you could find them there. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's been fun. There you have it, my friend. Another amazingly talented handmade CEO creating an incredible life through teaching and selling macrame. I love that this craft has been revived and is finding its way back into homes across the world. We can learn a valuable lesson from Cornelia's story in her vision to take her craft and share it through several money-making avenues, through markets, in-person classes, online courses, and with memberships. 
Creating a community on Facebook not only offers her students a place to go when they have questions, it also creates a community of people that are fans of her work and are most likely eager to buy her next kit or class. It's a great way to extend support and also provide a first glimpse at new offers. Don't forget to check the show notes to find the links to Cornelia's site and coupon codes. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 